Bless my children and my wife. Thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Cause the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away. And I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died who gave that right to me. And I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA From the lakes of Minnesota To the hills of Tennessee Across the plains of Texas From sea to shining sea From Detroit down to Houston And New York to L.A. There's pride in every American heart And it's time we stand and say That I'm proud to be an American Where at least I Hello there, kids. Welcome. It is Monday. It's Veterans Day. I love that song. And no, this isn't a Trump rally. That song's been great long before uh, Donald Trump came around. And who's calling me from 916, Robin? I don't know. I'm hanging up on him. Okay. Hello there, Tony Bruno. Miss Robin, it's Monday. Enjoy it before we get into the deep freeze tonight. A Siberian cold front is moving in. And I believe in Washington today, even though it's a federal holiday, Veterans Day, they are going to impeach and remove this Siberian Russian asset that's moving in. God, I hope so, because Eastern it's country. freezing. Not yet. No, it's nice out. It was nice yesterday. I was doing some gardening. Not actually gardening. I was cutting down all the dead tomato plants and all the other things that people have to do before the deep freeze comes. Yeah, we brought a couple of plants in. We still have a couple of plants to bring in, though. Not hemp, though. The no. weed is all gone, unfortunately, ladies Your and gentlemen. Your jasmine needs to come in. Jasmine? Yes. Jasmine's always welcome to come inside when it gets cold outside, baby. <laughs> How did I know you were going to say that? Not the uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. They're welcome in. And I know people are already playing Christmas songs on some radio stations, 
there was like a station in Chicago that was the first one that decided, and it became a big story because they started playing Christmas songs on November 1st. You know, Santa Claus is already in the malls. You know, retailers do what they need to do. Everybody wants to make money. Well, I mean, I get the fact, like, I have not even started Christmas shopping, which is starting started to— Started Christmas? I haven't even thought about— I know. —getting a Thanksgiving turkey yet. You think I'm worried about Christmas shopping, well, Robin? Well, I, I am a little <laughs> bit concerned, and, and I'm starting to—and with— with all of these reminders that Christmas is just around the corner, it is starting to get me a little You know how anxious. I'm not reminded? I don't go into malls right now. Or, you know, again, I don't have a problem with Christmas. Do whatever you want. Just don't turn on Lifetime or turn on the Hallmark Channel right now. But, but it doesn't they, matter. No. You turn on the Hallmark Channel any time of the year, and it's always Christmas. Yeah, they have Christmas all year long. They start, well, I think, well, they have Christmas in July, which is 24-7 Christmas uh, movies. And then they sort of... Mix it up a little bit again, and then they start doing Christmas twenty four seven again. I think about now, and that's fine. I mean, if you don't like it, you don't watch it. You don't go into a mall. You stay away from Santa. You stay away from radio stations that play. If you like it, you you don't think those stations that start playing Christmas music early benefit from this? Absolutely. People listen to Christmas music all the time in their cars. It's better than listening to politics and dirty tricks and all of the other stuff. Like in Dallas today, if you're a cowboy fan, by the way, how about them cowboys? Speaking of that, PA on the mic, the great Paul Allen will be joining us at 2 o'clock. The man who called the game last night on Viking Radio, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings. They got to be excited. I mean, it's getting cold in Minnesota. You saw it. It was snowing in Green Bay yesterday. I love snow games, Robin. I mean, it wasn't a heavy snowstorm. It was just nice, delicate flakes falling. And then finally, at the end of the game, there was a nice coating on the field as the game ended. Some great games yesterday in the NFL. We'll break it down for you. It is Memorial Day, uh, Memorial Day, Veterans Day. And a lot of people get these holidays confused when it comes to the military. There's a lot of military days uh, to Armed Forces Day, but the two major ones, certainly, are Memorial Day and Veterans Day. Memorial Day, a lot of people don't understand the difference. Memorial Day is when we honor those who lost their lives right. fighting for our country. Correct. Veterans Day is a celebration. It's not a maudlin day. It's not a day of It's a day of remembering and thanking those who are still walking around who served our country, even those who have passed away. We honor all veterans on this day. It's a national holiday. So if you don't like Veterans Day and you think that uh, the country's bad and you don't like it, then get the hell out of the country. It's that simple. People people decide to serve our country right now. Nobody's grabbing you out of your high school class while you're smoking weed and throwing you into a war zone. You voluntarily decide to serve the country. Now, Tony, I know that you you did not serve because your father died and you were the sole surviving male. And of I, the was, family. I was draft eligible. The only reason I didn't go to Vietnam is because I wasn't drafted. And back then, when I was a kid, I had friends who went to Vietnam and died in another senseless, stupid war. We protested the Vietnam War because we were wondering, just like we're wondering about Afghanistan and some of these other places we're in, is what are we fighting for? But when you serve the country and the military and you decide to volunteer to serve, guess what? Not everybody's in a war zone. That's the greatest thing about our military. The majority of our military is not in a war zone. They're representing our country in many different ways. So, again, what we're going to do tonight over at Landmark Americana to help celebrate Joe Krause, the man who puts together our live remotes at Landmark on Monday nights in Glassboro, New Jersey, Thursday nights at Screwballs up there in King of Prussia, and then Sunday at Tollman Joe's, is he's going to buy dinner 
And now people say, well, you know, I don't need a free dinner because I'm a veteran. Then don't go. It's not about what one person thinks. It's about doing good things for people. What's wrong? And by the way, if you don't like Veterans Day and you work for the government, then, then go in and volunteer and do something else today if you feel guilty about celebrating Veterans Day. Veterans Day is not about buying a new car. It's not about going to the mall to buy sheets or blankets. It's although, a, although we do need some new furniture, so we might No, I'm not going to do any Veterans Day sales. The thing that bothers me the most is all these car sales. Who the hell buys their wife or husband a new car and puts a bow on it for Christmas? God, I would love Only one day. rich, elitist douchebags do that. Do you ever see poor people say, hey, honey, I'm buying you a new, I'm going to get you a 1968 Dodge Dart in really good shape, low mileage. <laughs> My great-grandmother only used it on Sundays. I'm going to put that in front of the house and hope it's not towed away by the Philadelphia Parking Authority. <laughs> one day, one day, I wouldn't mind having a a bow tied around. Uh, I'll a tie a bow around something right here, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love you. I do. Robin. So sorry to talk over the moaning. Um, the mattresses. Who needs a sleep number bed today? You I have need a, a question sleep number you. bed today, Robin? Hi, you know, I, I, I just wouldn't... bought a damn new mattress for $1,000. That's the last mat- mattress I'm ever buying. The, well, our, sleep, <laughs> our mattress is very, very comfortable. Although I wouldn't mind trying a sleep mattress, and especially one of those ones that goes up and down, uh, the, the um, pneumatic. But, Tony, I have a question for you regarding yes. veterans. And by the way, welcome to everybody. For all the new people joining us today, welcome to Twitch.tv, Bruno Nation Live. We do this every day, Monday through Friday. Sometimes we don't do a Friday show. Sometimes we do. But I'm getting better every day. Yes, you are. Thankfully, I'm grateful for that. And I'm getting a little – I'm not as mobile as um, Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys. You you know what you need to do, though? You need to stop overexerting. Like, you start to feel better, and then you're like, oh, I'm feeling great. Because I'm not a guy who can just sit around. I know. I sit around during the day a couple hours on Twitter, and then I get into troll wars. And then I go into a block party and have to deal with douchebags out there who can't take a joke, who don't understand anything, who aren't smart enough to be on Twitter. And that's the great thing about Twitter. Any nincompoop can start a Twitter account and multiple fake accounts and put fake pictures up there. God bless Twitter. But you're going to come at me on Twitter because I'm expressing my opinion then you're a moron. I have. I, let me just get yeah. back really, really quick, to, though, to the draft because I know that this is a question that I've had for you, you, and and pretty much everybody else that was el- draft eligible during the Vietnam War. The Vietnam War was so contested because of, of the fact that most was. many people, so many people, did not believe in that war. No one war believed in the war right. because there was no reason to be right. in that war. But um, so. That is a war. Since you didn't believe in it, you did not. Uh, no, it had nothing to do with. You don't volunteer. Like, Nobody I, volunteered. Well, it, there were some people. Yeah, that but volunteered. but back then there was yes. a there was a draft. But I know, knowing you the way I know you, if you if if it had been World War Two, you even though you were not draft eligible because of your father having passed away and you were the sole surviving male. Yes, you but I didn't use that as an excuse. I didn't run to Canada. No, but I you did what been, I had to do. And if I had been drafted and been told to go, I would have gone. I would have had no choice, Robin, right. other than go to Canada like a lot of the, the gutless frauds who run but this I, country I do. See, I would have seen you volunteering to sign up. I wouldn't if, volunteer for the Vietnam War, not Robin. Not Vietnam. I'm saying World War II. I wasn't II. around in World War II. Would you, Tony, I'm conjecturing. 
I'm we don't conjecture giving, on the show. I'm dealing I'm with facts. You, I'm giving what I'm saying is knowing you the way I know you. If you had been old enough during World War II, you would have volunteered. Yeah, even because if, the time was different back yeah. then. We had athletes. You know, guys who were baseball players, athletes went to fight wars. Right. Went to fight in World War II because you were proud of your country. You were defending the world. Yeah. It wasn't just you were defending uh, Syria. You were defending the world from Nazis. Right. And so my dad jumped out of airplanes. And people are like, well, you're taking credit for your dad? No, I'm not taking credit for my dad. Because when I posted the, you know, the picture of my dad's, when you get one of these flags handed to you, all you jerk-offs out there on Twitter who are trying to comment me for being proud of my dad because he was a veteran, and because I was handed one of these after a 21-gun salute when my dad's body was lowered into the ground at a military cemetery. If you want to come after me, why don't you come after me for real, panty wastes? All of you pussies on Twitter who are going to come after me thinking that I'm hiding behind my dad. You know what my dad did for me? He gave me the power and the strength to be who I am today. He made me. I could have been a loser. And I was a loser, but I chose because of my dad's strength to go on and, and live my life the way I did. And I'm proud of my life. Not, you know, the whole proud to be American thing, as George Carlin once said, you know, you, you can be proud to be, when you, when you say I'm proud to be Irish, you know, like he, George Carlin had this great routine. I was still listening to it earlier this morning. Everybody says I'm proud to be an American. And there's nothing wrong with that, but. When you say I'm, you know, on St. Patrick's Day, when you go to the St. Patrick's Day parade and it says, proud to be Irish, kiss me, I'm Irish. Mm-hmm. George Carlin's right. You have no choice over whether you're Irish. You're born that way. You're born black, white, Asian, whatever you're born, that's not your Five choice. Five yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm proud to be six feet tall. Nobody says that because you had no decision. You have no choice over right. that. So when you're proud to be something, whether you're proud to be an American. You know, that's not completely true, Tony. What? Because what if somebody that was a was born in, say, Mexico, and they came over and they became an American citizen? Yes, my they mother chose, came over from Italy. Right, right. So they chose to become an American. They weren't born American. Those people could say they're proud to of be an course, American. Of course. But see, the choice. thing is, some people, the anti-American, anti-military woke jerk-offs out there, they're not proud of anything. I know. They hate everything. Now, all of a sudden, Bill, Bill Gates is a bad guy because he's got all this money that he made by revolutionizing the world, and he's given away more money. And by the way, I don't think Bill Gates is a, is a conservative or a Republican. So this all this political bullshit just shows you how ignorant people are. Bill Gates invented something that has revolutionized the world, and now all of a sudden he's a bad guy because Bernie Sanders and these people think he should be punished. Because he made so much money, and if he gave everybody all of his money, the world would be in a better place. Yeah, I love. You it. give the government money, the world never changes. It's well, always still. Well, and here's the other thing. I think I, I read somewhere that Bill Gates, out of uh, percentage-wise from what his income is, he gives more of his money away than anybody else, percentage-wise. Absolutely, he does, I mean, and he like, does it amazing. with good causes. He's not giving it away to politicians to, so that they will put more Microsoft stuff in their offices. Yeah. So anyway, enough about that. The bottom line is this. You could be proud to be anything. And George Carlin's right about this. You should be proud of what you have accomplished in your life. Mm-hmm. And that's what I am. I'm proud of coming from, you know, a, a, an immigrant mom who was left without a husband at the age of 39 when my dad died. I was 10 years old. That and doesn't make even, me special or better. She didn't even better. really speak 
good English at that point. But the point is, my mom is proud to be an American. She came here from a war-torn country with my dad. She's proud to be here. And if you're proud to be here, there's nothing wrong with that. But now, all of a sudden, if you say, I'm proud to be an American, you have to have people psychoanalyze, oh, you know, why do we have to have, why do we have to have a day to, to celebrate veterans? Why do we have to have a day? Why do we have to have mother-in-law's day or mother's day or father's day or any of these other days? Because call Mark needs to make cards and sell <laughs> cards. It's called capitalism, people. <laughs> so anyway, you can be proud to be Italian, but you have no choice over what your, your, your birth origin is. You have no choice over your race. You have no choice over your height, weight. Well, you have a choice of weight in some cases, in many cases. Yes, you do, Robin. No. Not everybody can, not everybody has to be 300 pounds. Some people, unfortunately, have uh, genetic things that cause that. But most people who are fat are fat because they overeat, don't exercise, just like I am right now. I'm fat because I haven't been taking care of myself. So I'm not going to blame somebody else for me being overweight. I'm blaming myself for being overweight. You can blame my overweight. good cooking. I'll blame Robin for me being <laughs> overweight. But anyway, bottom line is this. If you're not proud to be an American, good for you. Go hide in your basement and, uh, and worry about the world coming to an end with climate change and all that other bullshit. I worry about reality. Would you reality. call this a rant, Tony? No, this isn't a rant. This is just an opening uh, commentary. Okay. I have it scripted out well. But let's get it down to the business, Robin, all because right. Paul Allen's going to join us at 2 o'clock. We're going to take your calls. The phone number 215-462-TONY, 215-462-8669. So much went on. And so tonight at Landmark, as I was saying earlier, if you are a veteran – active duty or someone who served regardless of your age and you show up at landmark americana tonight between 6 and 8 p.m our good friend joe krause will buy you dinner no strings attached you show up at landmark where there's always a great crowd and you're a veteran active duty military dinner is on us tonight at landmark americana how amazing is that? That's, good. That's what you need to do. You need to thank somebody. You thank. Remember when you have Teacher's Day, you know, in school, you thank your, you, you know, holiday time comes around. You thank the postal worker who delivers the mail no matter what the weather is. Oh, I thought there was a postal worker right there banging on the door, but it's just. Did you see me jump? I jumped too. Damn you. Damn you, Senior 20 Deep. <sighs> but anyway. This, see what happens when we're gone for a while? Well, we worked uh, all. We worked all last week. We didn't do a Friday night show. We did shows. Uh, well, we had the first two days were messed up, right? Yeah. Technically. Yeah. But then we went strong. We did the Monday night countdown show. We did the Eagles Sunday show, and then we did uh, what Wednesday and Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, or just Wednesday and Thursday. I don't remember, but it was it was all effed up, and we did try. And even while we weren't on the air, I was still working hard trying to figure out. And we got it all fixed and everything's working again. The sad thing is, is that even though I worked really, really hard, I did not technically do anything. It fixed itself, which is disconcerting because I don't know if it'll ever, you know, unfix itself. Now, Clarky Bob says, do you have to be present to eat your free dinner tonight if you're a veteran? (laughs) You must be present and an actual real veteran or active service military. Anybody could show up at Landmark Americana. It's open to the public. It's a beautiful place. Bartenders are great. The vibe is great. The food is great. And we'll hang out and have a good time with John McMullen. We'll get into the uh, Eagles bye week, and now we're heading to uh, week 11 in the NFL. We'll rehash what happened yesterday. 
We'll talk about the Cowboys lost. I think I'm not going to sit in here and jump up and down. I was watching that. I picked the Cowboys on my stupid locks. So it's not like I'm going to root against. I did root against the Cowboys once I realized they weren't going to cover the number. But the bottom line is this, and we saw this a lot yesterday around the NFL. Everybody talks about, oh, running backs. You're out your and Dak Prescott is not hasn't gotten paid yet. Dak Prescott played great last night. It wasn't his fault the Cowboys lost. You know who didn't play great last night? The guy who already got paid. The guy who held out Ezekiel Elliott. And I've been saying this forever. Running back in the National Football League, as important as it is, is the most overrated position in football. Because you can have the best running back in football, and Ezekiel Elliott is one of those, but if the other team knows that if you stop that guy, you have a good chance of winning the game, and that's what happened last night. Uh, you don't you don't need to be a, a football analyst. Jeez, John's from Abington. Excuse you. No, Popeyes today has announced they will not be giving away free chicken sandwiches to veterans today because they can't even sell chicken sandwiches without having rioting, people being picked up and thrown. Popeyes should just give up with the sandwich idea. Just say no more chicken. This is an operation that now is proven to be ineffective at selling chicken sandwiches. In the history of fast food, there has never been a situation where one company when there's 50 million places that sell chicken sandwiches, Popeye's been selling chicken forever, and now all of a sudden when they come out with chicken sandwiches, you would think they would have gummies in there. They would have some sort of drug that draws people to go there. And then when they're out of the sandwiches, you must riot and throw down it's and beat somebody insane. up and throw them outside. I have never seen anything this ludicrous in my life. Popeye's, do yourself a favor. Stop selling goddamn chicken oh, sandwiches, you morons. Yeah. Jesus. It is it is stupid. It is stupid. It's like, ridiculous. I don't get it. I, I know mean, they're trying to capitalize on Chick-fil-A being closed on Sunday, but what difference does it make if you don't have sandwiches and people are coming in and fighting? People are crashing into each other in a drive-thru like they're giving away free crack. Yeah. They're not it's not even free. I can understand if they're giving away free shit. But when they're not giving you it for free and you're showing up and you're still beating each other up over a damn chicken sandwich, is it worth it? Anyway, enough of that. I love Popeyes. I stand for Popeyes rants as Hitman 1798. <laughs> Popeyes needs to toss my salad. Says play action reel. Uh, Tony, uh, just before we... You continue. Do you want to take a phone call right now, or do you want to? Who do we have on the line? Uh, AJ from Cincinnati. I don't know about Cincinnati. I am so pissed off at Cincinnati. Really? I am so pissed off at the Bengals, the organization, and it's my fault. I can't blame them for being a shit team. Well, do you want to take him right now? Yeah, let's go to him because I want to. I want to say enough is enough. We've been wondering whether the Miami Dolphins were the worst team in the NFL. We've been wondering whether the New York Jets were the worst team in the NFL. I think I accidentally hung up on him. If the New York Giants were Call bad. back, AJ. Sorry. We've been worrying about which team really, really, really sucks the most. And here are the Miami Dolphins, who, oh, by the way, looked like an easy W for the Eagles when you looked at the schedule a couple of months ago. Remember when Miami was horrible? The Miami Dolphins are playing hard now. And many of their fans are upset because they're blowing a chance to go get a quarterback. But the Miami Dolphins have not quit because athletes on the field show up 
They're not just going to roll over. This isn't the NBA. They don't just roll over and take a loss because it's going to help them get a better draft pick. The bottom line is the Cincinnati Bengals right now, without any question whatsoever, are not only the worst team in football, they are the worst organization in sports. And it would have, who would have thunk that in the state of Ohio, the Cleveland Browns would have more credibility and more stability and more talent than the Cincinnati Bengals? The Cincinnati Bengals are a laughingstock of the National Football League and of the city of Cincinnati and of the state of Ohio. I mean, you thought Cleveland was embarrassing. At least Cleveland has talent. The Cincinnati Bengals have nothing, and they were embarrassed yesterday. And now, am I saying this because I took him as a double-digit underdog to try to keep it close? Yes. But luckily, I didn't bet on the game, or I'd be even more angry. Who should be angry? The people in Cincinnati should be angry. Where are the bags going to come out? When will the bags come out, AJ? When will people start doing what the Aints fans used to do back in the day? When will they start wearing bags over their heads in Cincinnati? When, when, well, most when the, when the Jets come, come to town, because the following week, in two weeks, Steeler fans will invade Cincinnati. So it will be, more, it will be like 80% Steeler fans, 20% Bengal fans. I hope those 20% Bengal fans put those you know, brown bags over their heads. I'm the one of very few Bengals fans who will rip Mike Brown to the day he dies. I don't kiss the lap, laps of the media in Cincinnati. They always give it break because they're afraid if they criticize criticize him that they'll they'll lose access to him. They it's like I wish it's, we we don't have that great of a sports media in Cincinnati. There's like three local sports shows. When I lived in Nashville, there were like ten local local shows. It just tells you how pathetic sports radio is in Cincinnati. That's why I call nationally because I enjoy listening nationally because there's very few options in Cincinnati. Well, listen, you know, when you're, you know, Cincinnati, they have an NFL team. They don't have an NBA team. You know, they have a baseball team, obviously, with the Reds, but that's their two teams. They got ba- they got pro baseball and pro football. And so I know they have minor league hockey and I know they have minor league basketball and college sports around. But bottom line is, it's not the fans' fault. And obviously the local media, I'm sure they're not praising the Bengals every day. I can't imagine any local sports talk host in Cincinnati say, hey, you know what, they look like they're getting better every week. They're not. They're getting worse. You know, and then they benched the quarterback and the kid yesterday that comes out there, he was lost. He, he didn't play horribly, but they ran up against a team that a lot of people thought would, you know, maybe ratchet it back a little bit on the road against the Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens right now, to me, are the best team in football. I know we can say that week to week, and that's why they have these dumb power ratings. Who's playing better than the Baltimore Ravens right now in every facet of the game? Nobody. I know the 49ers will see tonight. They've been playing great. But you look at these teams around the league. Nobody from week to week. There's no, And as good as Russell Wilson is, nobody's playing better than Lamar Jackson. He could be. Oh, yeah. he, right now it's between him and Russell Wilson as far as the MVP. And every time you see Lamar Jackson play, the guy gets better and better. He's not just a runner. He can do it all, man. The guy is an unbelievable power in this league. Oh, exactly. And do you see the spin move he made on Nick Vigil? I swear to God, Nick Vigil's still trying to find that ghost of Lamar Jackson. I just wish Kevin Harlan would have bust that Oh, for no regard for human life. Well, speaking the of that, is- Robin, we have to play the cut now because he just set it up. You know I love Kevin Harlan. I have a man crush on him. He has sort of a man crush on me. It's a mutual admiration society. But I was watching the Red Zone yesterday, so they kept going back and forth. 
And then I heard Kevin Harlan watching the ball, doing the Baltimore Raven game yesterday, and Lamar Jackson, ladies and gentlemen, one of the great. This is what I call this one: is two goats at the same time. Now, of course, Lamar Jackson's not a goat yet. He's a goat in training, because to be a goat, you got to be the greatest of all time. And certainly, he's not a, hasn't played that long, but he was a goat yesterday. And then you had the goat Kevin Harlan on CBS yesterday, doing the Baltimore Ravens Cincinnati Bengal game, and dropping the mic, and giving us this ex- excellent, superb call of Lamar Jackson. I think this is there was a lot of great plays. You know, there was great one-handed catches in football yesterday, but this one is my favorite call of the day. Let's go to the goat Kevin Harlan. It's a second down and three. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. He broke his ankles. Now he's got an entourage. And he's got a touchdown. He is Houdini. What a play. 47-yard touchdown run by the magical quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Wow. (laughs) Wow is right. God, you know, I mean, listen, you know I love Kevin Harlan. I think he's the best in the business. But nobody gets jacked up and hyped up as the play becomes hyped up better than Kevin Harlan. Because some guys yell all the time. Some guys are too downbeat all the time. Kevin Harlan knows when to ratchet it up into that next gear as a spectacular play is happening right in front of him. Whether it's the cat running on the field at the Meadowlands last Monday night or whether it's a great athlete making a play, nobody does it better than Kevin Harlan. I'm sorry. Exactly right. And I was in Indianapolis this past weekend after, you know, I attended my home. My alumni's homecoming, the UC Paracats playing the smackdown on the Connecticut Huskies. I went to go see an adult entertain, adult star named Rochelle Ryan, big Giants fan. Sorry, Rochelle, you Giants lost to Jets. Wait a minute, who was the adult uh, entertainer that you witnessed? Was she on the main stage? Was she a feature performer? Yes, yeah, she was, Miss Rochelle Ryan from, uh, hail from Rochester, New York. Rochelle Ryan, I'm not familiar with her work. Wait, which establishment was she appearing? I thought Cincinnati didn't have many. No, no, no. I told you I was. I went to Indianapolis. I told you I, I drove up to oh, Indianapolis. Oh, in Naptown. To That's her. right. Yeah, Naptown. Yeah, Pony Club. She was at the Pony Club. It's a. Uh, they, 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 they have a, several clubs in the United States. One in Indy, one in Starkville, Mississippi. She went to a couple weeks back. She attended the LSU Mississippi State game. Did she get booed when she was in the press box with the rest of the uh, LSU fans? Uh, don't, don't know. I was just, you know, I follow her on Insta, Instagram and uh, Twitter. Uh, well, I, I, I don't, I don't have Twitter, but I, you know, you know, I'll, I'll look up. I'll, I'll have to look know, her up. What's her name again? Because I'm always looking for new talent, and I'm not familiar with right. her work. Well, yeah, Rochelle. Rochelle, or, or how do you spell her first name? Rochelle. R i c h e l l e Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, Rochelle Ryan. She's a huge New York Giants fan. Well, a, well you know, she can't she have everything. N- <laughs> yeah, she has an N- Right. She has two distinct tattoos. One in her big old booty called Heartbreaker, and then another one by her right uh, ankle for NY Giants. Wow, that's that's dedication. And that's yeah. a reason to concentrate on the important areas of the human uh, uh, body. You know I mean? And she was born that way. But the tattoos come later. But the... But the one big adult star I want to see, I don't know if she does, you know, clubs, is 
your girl from Philadelphia, born from Italy, your mother's home country, Alor Jensen. What's her name now? Alor Jensen. Alor. <laughs> now that's funny. Alor. <laughs> Is that how she spells it? A-L-L-U-R-A. A-L-L-U-R-A. Oh, so it's Alora. See, in Italian there's a term that's Alora, which means right now. And people will look at Alora probably say, yeah, right now, right here, right now. <laughs> we need to we need to have some kind of Italian and version of that. And she's a huge eagle fan. You got to get her on the. What's her name? Um, Alora. What's her last name? Jensen. J e n s o n. Is that a real name? You think? <laughs> no, I, I, no, I, I I forget what her real name is. When I was looking looking up her bio. Well, listen. If I were in Cincinnati and a Bengal fan right now, I would probably be looking for clubs in Indianapolis, in Naptown, in the Circle City to get my entertainment elsewhere and not watching the Cincinnati Bungles. We can now officially call them. And who would, somewhere Marvin Lewis has oh, got to be Laura Jensen is a BBW. She's she's thick. I like thick ladies. Well, no, she used to be, but now she's like, you know, she gotten the she's like now cut and lean. Oh, I love it. Okay. Hey, listen, I'll take him any way I can get him, you know what I mean? She's got yeah, very exactly. very humongously large tatas. Is she from Philly? Uh, yeah, she after well, she was born in Italy, but then moved, then her then the, her family moved to, to Philadelphia. That's a good move. That's what happened to my mom. That's why I'm here. Except I don't she have tattoos. She does not look Italian. She well, actually, she looks South Philly Italian, maybe with, hey, with oh, bleach hey, blonde hair. Hey, hey, what's the matter with you? <laughs> what don't you appreciate about her, Robin? What's it about her you don't like? What's your problem? I don't have a problem, Tony. I'm just saying. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Anybody who's Italian and gets that, you're laughing. If you're not, it doesn't really matter. AJ, good and, stuff, man. I'm going to have to go yeah. out. This. I'm gonna ha- I haven't been to Indianapolis in a while. i got to go and yeah. get some. Sh- of course, the Colts haven't been there in a while either, especially yesterday. And, boy, they better, okay, well, they better get their damn quarterback back, back in a hurry because when you get to your third-string quarterback like the Colts did yesterday, you ain't got no shot. I uh, mean, no was terrible. I was at that. I was at that game. The 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 halftime was awesome. You know, Dwight Freeney going to the Ring of Honor. Peyton Manning was was there. He got the loudest ovation when they were introducing all the Ring of Honors. But uh, yeah, also you know, sh- you know, shout out to you know all the you know that you know military people who are active and the ones who have served on this Veterans Day. My, you know, I did a little give back. Yesterday, uh, I, I went to Hooters before you know the game. Get, get me some food. I had a speaking of Hooters, I, I, AJ. I just I, I put up the photograph. I think they're natural too. That's the oh, best yeah, part sure. about it. Natural <laughs> Italian girls are my favorite girls. I just put up the photograph, <laughs> Alora Jensen. But it's not nudity, so anybody who thinks we're like pandering to perverts, well, we do that, but we also uh, acknowledge those the greatness because you know they're proud to be who they are. Because of what they are. They chose. They chose to be great. They chose. They chose. And she chose her. She chose her doctor. uh, She chose her doctor or surgeons well. And she chose what size she wanted to be. She chose pretty much everything about her. So quickly back to, I said, so I was at the Hooters in downtown Annie. Right across where I was sitting at the bar, there were four female Army Rangers and a a couple of of their friends. How many? Yeah. So I got the bartender's attention. I said, whoever is the server, I have a, you know, 
$5 off coupon. If they, as long as they spend at least minimum of $25, uh, I want to help them out a little bit. So, and then they, then she got the server, and then the server came to me. He's like, uh, do you want to, you know, uh, thank him yourself personally or re remain anonymous? I, I want to thank them, for, but it was like, it was just packed and busy. I was like, let them enjoy their food, their their drinks. I'm about to head to the game, so I just tell them, just uh, don't say anything. That's a good job out of you, AJ. Very good job of you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You're Have a, a good you, day. Thanks. You're a great American. Not the great American ballpark, which is also in Cincinnati. Is that offensive to call a ballpark the great American ballpark? Isn't that jingoistic and nationalism? I don't know. Is that not a, uh, a symbol of white supremacy? I'm sure it is. Now, back to Dak Prescott before we go to another Yeah, so Dak game. Prescott last night played great. You watched the game, which I did. The guy did everything. I mean, the guy's a magician out there, and he still doesn't have a contract. They went through the bye week, and they didn't even give him a new contract. Gosh, I'd like to help you, Peter, but uh, I've got to go out in the hall and chew on the back of my ass for about five minutes. I'll, I'll do that after the show because I we have to get do this show. Then I look like a vagrant, don't I, Robin? Yes, you do. I haven't shaved in a month. I look like a homeless guy. So if you see me tonight at the uh, Landmark Americana, I'll have my little tip jar out there. Just uh, throw a little in for some razor blades. And I do have my uh, hey, you have your Manscaped, new. but I have my Manscaping. So I'm, I'm clean down there because of the Manscaped.com package that I received for my package. The grooming, though, up here has gone away, Rob. Yeah, I'm more focusing on the nether regions than I am on my face and hair. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we need to do something about that. Because um, I'm not enjoying the big scruffy beard. I really don't like it. Sorry. I could be a department store Santa if I keep this going. Although the Santas are already in the mall, so I'm I'm late. I should have started growing this like in June. Then I'd really be eligible to go out and make a couple extra bucks having women and children sit on my laps during the daytime hours. Yeah, I don't. I'm at not, the local mall. I'm not, I'm not into the whole full thing. But this is real, though, Robin. I know. I don't like it. I like the goatee. Don't like the full beard on you. Especially the uh, the vagrant look. It's just very unappealing. I'm sorry. Hate to rip you, but I'm going to. Because it's got to one go. of these right now? Yes. 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 <laughs> so anyway, back to Dak Prescott dancing. So he has this routine that we saw last night where he does these, you know, they're basic. They're not dance moves. They're hip exercises. Yeah, they're hips. The, you know, the throw, the move. And so, of course, when I saw that last night, my first thought was, how many memes will be made of that overnight by the people who sit around at home trying to go viral on all types of social media? And my favorite one was a shot of Dak Prescott, who took the dance routine despite the terrible loss and despite the fact that their coach and Kellen Moore, their play caller, have zero clue on how to win football games when they have one of the best receivers in football who can't run and they can't get him involved in the offense. Do you think people are killing you, Doug Peterson in this town? It was some horrific play calling. But enough about that. Let's get it back to that. Let's go live now to Plano, Texas last night. Despite the loss, you know, life goes on. Dak Prescott was seen at a local establishment busting those dance moves once again. Let's go to the tape. Dak's hips don't lie. You're right. Hold Shakira, on. Shakira would have been proud of those moves. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
Máximo sabe. Elizabeth Warren doesn't come out to Kimosabi. God, that's brilliant. All that's missing is there is Elizabeth Warren, because, you know, that's a great song by BT called Kimosabi. Yes. Can you bring it up here? I want to play another taste here from the great track, Kimosabi by BT. Oh, that's not the song. Would you like to try another one? Yeah, who was it that did that song? I don't know. That's a bad job out of me, Rod. Another? Oh, my God. Did you get just get two bum bumpy bumps in a row? Yeah, give me one of those. Wow, that might be a record. I don't know what that song is called. Because you hear that song at, like, every wedding. Yeah. Everybody gets on the dance floor when they play da, that. Da, 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 da. Because you know why? Is because it's really fun to to move your hips in that distinct chink, 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 Robin, chink, 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 and then you can go forward and backward and sideward. I need Should now. I got. I can't find the name of that. So I can't think of the name of the song. Well, why don't you think about it while you go on the line? Oh, let's go back to the phones then. I got to rip the University of Virginia today. Virginia used to be for lovers. Now it's for douchebags, especially the president of UVA. I'll have this FUVA update later on today. I used to love Virginia, but now they're a bunch of panty wastes. We will explain before we get out of here. And, of course, coming up at 2 o'clock at the top of the hour, the great PA on the mic, Paul Allen, the voice of your 7-2 and two Minnesota Vikings. Not only a hero up in the, the great state of Minnesota, but also here in Philadelphia. All of a sudden, Viking fans are coming out of the woodwork and giving thanks to the Minnesota Vikings. I, Skull, I, brother. We're going to Trevor in the 203. Sounds like he's on the road. It sounds like he's in the Is car. Is he on the road again? Yeah, I'm actually leaving. I'm just actually heading back to my house right now. I just got done working out in Stanford, Connecticut. Beautiful, man. And I was in Boston last night for that wonderful, not one, not two, not three, but a four-point weekend for your team, your town, your Philadelphia Flyers. How about those Flyers? The- how about them? And oh, How about them beating about- Toronto and the Boston Bruins back-to-back nights, man? Oh, yeah, that was great. Great back-to-back shootouts getting to overtime. I'm just glad we got four points. I was in TD Garden yesterday with some of my buddies. First time going up there. There were a lot of Flyer fans made the trip up to Beantown, and we told some Bruins fans to get ready because something's going to happen this week to start off Boston-Philadelphia week. Oh, man, yeah. The New York teams all shit the bench yesterday. Well, somebody had to win that Giants-Jets debacle and boy what a mess though and me, the, my favorite part of the Jets well, win let's not start sucking each other's I, I'm not I mean New York sports right now is in the toilet the Knicks stink on ice I mean on frozen dry ice that's how bad the Knicks stink and then you got the Jets the Rangers, and the, stink. the Rangers stink the Jets stink the Giants stink and you look at those two teams the Jets and the Giants if they combine the two franchises 
they could have a pretty good team and just get rid of all the garbage. But the bottom line is this. Here's, here's, uh, here's Sam Darnold, who beat the Jets, uh, Giants yesterday. Two and seven now. This is the same guy who said he was seeing ghosts a couple of weeks ago. Remember that game? He must be seeing oh, yeah. he right. must be seeing Dion Waiters gummies right now because he thinks this team could make a playoff run at two and seven. Is he getting Dion Waiters Miami Heat gummies ingesting in his system? And by the way, gummies are bad shit. It happened to me, man. Not just NBA players who consume gummies are, are tripping out on a plane. I was tripping out on the air at the Super Bowl because of gummies. I ate a whole one, and I was absolutely zonked out, man. I know. I've had one of those before. I had, I actually passed out during the Lions-Eagles game in 2015 at, in a hotel room. Well, so, so did most so people. I mean, anybody goes to a Lions-Eagles game usually is passed out. They're on the streets of Detroit getting wasted. You know, it happens, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, definitely. But this, this flying team is great. Joel Therapy with the goal going far down on Yarslov Halak in the shootout. No, nah, that was great. Now, the fly, you know what it is? You got you got a new coach, you got a new system, and you got some young players who are starting to develop, and that's what you want to see when you're a sports fan of any team. You know, the Jets have some good young players. The Giants have some good young players. So it's not like these teams are totally devoid of talent. It's just putting it all together, and it's harder in football because you've got to get so many people on the same page. You know, you saw yesterday in the one game – uh, who was it, the, uh, the offensive lineman who was basically uh, the, the Tennessee Titans offensive lineman after the game was ripping himself for playing like crap. Taylor Lewan. Yes, from Taylor Lewan, exactly. Taylor Lewan from the Tennessee Titans has been getting all these offside penalties and holding penalties, and he just he basically owned it. He said, you know what, I've been playing like crap. I'm hurting this team. And, uh, you know, how many players do that? How many players own it after the game and say, I know you're going to ask me the question, so let me answer the question for you right now. I suck. I'm playing like crap right now. I've got to do a better job. Of course, Andy Reid says that, too, unfortunately, now that the Kansas City Chiefs uh, have no defense. And despite having a great quarterback, you're seeing a team, when you don't have defense in the NFL, that's why the Steelers are winning now because their defense is carrying them. And the Kansas City Chiefs, as good as they are, if they get into playoff situations, and I love Andy Reid and I love the Chiefs, but the bottom line is you see what happens when your defense can't make big stops, and that's the problem with the Chiefs right now. Absolutely. I criticize the Steelers making that trade for Minka Fitzpatrick. Egg on my face. That, that, that trade is looking real well for those Pittsburgh Steelers Exactly. Right now. No, it is. I mean, the Steelers' defense, you know, they're in the playoff hunt, and a lot of people are down on their coach, you know, because but look what they lost on offense. And they were struggling, and they're still struggling on offense. But you know what? Their defense is playing lights out right now. The defense Absolutely. is playing. They're one of the right now. They're one of the scariest defenses because how many scary defenses are there in the NFL right now? Not that many. Steelers right up there, man. They're top three as far as guys who can make an immediate impact on a game, and they did again yesterday. Absolutely. Are you bombing for Joe Burrows or are you tanking for Tua? That is the real question right now. For the teams that are currently tanking for that first overall pick, I, I would. Now, listen, I, you know I love Alabama, but that Alabama hasn't produced an NFL quarterback since uh, Jeff Rutledge and Richard Todd, and then before that, Joe Namath and Kenny the Snake Stabler. So they're not exactly a an NFL quarterback factory down there. They're mostly running backs have been coming. Josh J. You look at the list of running backs. Alabama now is a running back factory, and you look at their backs. Some of them Absolutely. haven't made. You know, some of them haven't been great, but most of them have. And Josh Jacobs is the latest example of that. That kid's a stud. 
But as far as quarterbacks, I would take Burrow right now. If I'm if I'm a, if I'm the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm bowing out for Burrow because that kid looks legit. Absolutely, I like I like Joe Burrow a lot more. I just can't trust Tua's ankle. That weird surgery they've done to, that he has on it. It looks really weird to me. I just don't trust that personally. So. No, I hear you. Listen, we don't know. I mean, we we can see kids now in college who are actual pro. I mean, Tua could probably be a good pro. But if I if I own a oh, franchise yeah. and I need a quarterback and I got a choice and I got the pick, I'm taking Barrow over Tua right now. I'm sorry. Why am oh, I apologize? Why do I why do people always say I'm sorry? I'm not sorry. If I were building a not franchise sorry, right now, sorry. I would take sorry, not sorry. I would take Joe Burrow <laughs> over Tua at Alabama in a heartbeat. Absolutely. I think Joe Burrow, I think he, if he goes to – if Miami could tank a little more, because I don't want to see him go to the wasteland. Sorry, A.J. in Cincinnati, but not sorry. No one wants to play for the Bengals, though. That's a whole wasteland right now. Yeah, it really is. Talent. I mean, what are they going to do now with, with – uh, you know, you look around the league and their quarterbacks – you know, look at the Atlanta Falcons yesterday, left for dead. There were a lot of surprises yesterday. You know, here, here you got the, 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 the Saints at home get embarrassed by Atlanta – and we looked around yesterday. There's some bad, bad, there's some bad choked. I mean, Sean McVay was a genius two years ago, right? Oh, the guy reinvented football. Good-looking young guy. Now he, did you see what he did yesterday in that game? He stopped giving the ball to Todd Gurley. He, Todd Gurley is having one of his best games of the year. 12 carries, 73 yards, averaging 6.1 yards per carry. He's gone eight straight games without 100 yards. I know, and then they say he's not injured, he's healthy. Then why did you hold him out? The guy was running the football. It was a two-point game going into the fourth quarter after they get a safety, and they don't use him for one more carry. Talk about boneheaded coaching and bad coaching decisions. I mean, the Cowboys always make bad coaching decisions. But now you got oh, yeah. you got McVay with the Rams. The Rams are 5-4, and four, man. Do they look like a Super Bowl contender to you? No, I think they're a wild card team at best or a fringe wild card team at best right now. I mean, Pittsburgh made them look silly. And the problem with teams like the Rams and the Kansas City Chiefs is that if they play teams with good defenses, like the Steelers, and you saw yesterday, you know, what's going on, the way the Steelers shut down shut down the Rams. I mean, the Rams look – what's-his-face looked scared yesterday. The Rams do not look like – Jared Goff looks scared out there. They look like a practice squad team against that Pittsburgh defense on the road, man. They were exposed yesterday, the Rams. It's going to be interesting when they – down the stretch they come, especially when – next couple weeks – I believe the Rams have the Cowboys coming up soon in Jerry World. That's going to be a real interesting game, I'll say. Absolutely, and I mentioned earlier in the show, you look at the beginning of the season, Miami stinks, and now all of a sudden – you know, that Eagles game December 1st in Miami, is that a gimme if they don't show up and play hard? Uh, no. If they, don't show up, if they don't show up in Miami, they should, you, we should just cancel the season. There ain't no coming back from that. Because everybody's talking about the remaining schedules now that the Cowboys and the, uh, the Eagles are both 5-4 and four atop the NFCs. They're saying Cowboys have a harder schedule. No, they don't. They have the Lions. The Cowboys have the Lions, who now don't have the only weapon that they actually can count on, which is a quarterback, which is why the Bears won yesterday. I mean, do the Bears win that game? No. Look, they... If Matthew Stafford was playing, that, the Lions would win that game, and they would be going down to a showdown versus the, versus the Dallas Cowboys. And now, let's be honest, are the, Cow- are the Lions going to go into Dallas 
and beat the Cowboys without without a legitimate quarterback? Hell no. No, they ain't going to win in Detroit at all. Jeff, Jeff Driscoll being as quarterback for your Detroit Lions. I'm sorry. By the way, RIP the second overall pick, Charles Rogers. Yes, I saw that. Draft. 38 years old, man. Yeah, I saw that. What, 38 or 34? A young guy. Charles Rogers. I saw 38. Yeah, I saw 38 also. Charles Rogers, former wide receiver. I remember well. Passed away at the age of 38. Michigan State Spartan. Yep. And by the way, as I said last week, all these people were wondering about Ohio State, Maryland. Remember they were promoting that game on Fox like it was a big game? Did you see that? You were talking about running up the score. Running up the – that was the running up the score game of the year. I saw somebody posted it. The Maryland football team lost – what was it? 73 – what was the final score? They gave up 70 – 73-14 or something. Right, and the Maryland basketball team won their game by scoring 73 points. So the Maryland basketball team scored 73 points and won. The Maryland football team gave up 73 points. Coincidence? I think not. I have an Very update on Charles Rogers, by the way. The update on Charles Rogers, no, he did. Be. Hold on a second, Trevor, since you were talking about it. Um, Charles Rogers, um, wide receiver, Detroit Lions, died at age 38. According to the reports, the cause of death was related to cancer and liver disease. Wow. That is so sad. Cool. Yeah, I saw the story this morning. I didn't see the cause of death. And, you know, when you hear somebody dying at a young age like that, you never know what the cause, but at least there, he obviously had been sick. Right. And so when you see 38, you start thinking, well, what could it have been? And you don't think of people at 38 having that kind of cancer that would take their lives at such an early age. Unbelievable. Man. No, my, I had my buddy who died at 32 because of a heart aneurysm after he got back from a run. So. Wow. Yeah, but those kinds Anything of things, like happen. heart things, that we, you know, we see Jim Fix, like marathon runners. You know, you're running out there. You think you're in great shape. You're lean. You're fit. Your your oxygen intake is good. But we don't know what's going on. We see a lot of people, young people, die of heart defects that they're not aware of. Which reminds me, I need to schedule you for your full body scan. I prefer the different type of full body (laughs) scan, Robin. But right now, I'm not capable of performing at those levels. I'm I'm working my way back in. I'm working my way in baby steps back into the uh, Well, I have motivation to have you back in full top shape form. <laughs> and met Adam Benetieri. God bless you. It's time to, it's time to say so long. Sayonara. Time to hang up the cleats and the helmet and the kicking shoes. Exactly. I mean, I feel bad. I mean, I can't feel bad for the guy. He's one of the greatest of all time. I mean, without him, the Patriots don't win three of their Super Bowls. He single-handedly won three Super Bowls for the New England Patriots. They should have a statue of Adam Benatari outside of that stinking stadium up there in Foxborough. They should have him kicking. Like, each statue should be the first two that they won of him kicking a field goal. Exactly. Of the Super Bowl against the Rams and the the Panthers. Exactly right. You know your football, my friend. Thank you. I'm glad to have you back, my man. Thank you so much. glad we can talk hockey in peace. Thank you. Go in peace. To love and serve the National Hockey League. There he is, ladies and gentlemen, Trevor from the 203, breaking it down. But, no, I mean, the Dolphins now all of a sudden playing great. Tannehill and the Titans left for dead. The six-seeded Steelers. Three weeks ago, they were done. Now they're sitting in the sixth seed in the AFC. And the Colts at home lose. The Saints now, the Saints are going to be all right. They just probably mailed it in yesterday thinking, hey, the Atlanta Falcons, they stink. What are they playing for? And then they go in there and get their doors blown off. 
So that's that's the one thing about football. Everybody thinks it's so easy. Oh, yeah, this team's going to win. People got destroyed yesterday with football picks. I know. I went 0-4 on my Sunday picks, and I got to give myself one of these, Robin. That's the first time you've got I, I've 0-4. never had an 0-4 Sunday. 0-4. Oh, and how many? Yeah. I had the Cowboys. I had the uh, the stinking Kansas City Chiefs, who had that game won and covered because their defense stinks. Who else did I have, the other two picks? Jeff Bruder says, I had a rough one yesterday at Parks, too. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, oh, the chalk, you know, because you, you think favorites have been covering, but the favorites shit the bed yesterday, big time. Hey, Tony, in uh, just a minute here, we have Paul Allen from the Vikings, the voice of the now, Vikings. Now, is he calling gonna... us or are we calling no, him? No, I'm going to call him, so um, I'm going to mute my. Yeah, yesterday was not a good day for fantasy or betting for the game. I think, uh, I think the casinos cleaned up yesterday. I think the books cleaned up. So many, so many games. But Mr. Monday Night will unsheath the selection tonight. ESPN probably doing cartwheels and handstands in Bristol to Connecticut today because for the first time this year, the most anticipated Monday night game of the season. When you've got your... This is a battle for the supremacy, not white supremacy because, you know, it's the NFL after all. And it's not the NBA either. The undefeated San Francisco 49ers, Seattle Seahawks out there in Santa Clara. Mr. Monday Night will release a pick tonight. He's, he's hot on Monday nights. He's got the last two in a row. But a man who's always hot. He's on the mic. He's in Minnesota where it's cold. Is it snowing? We'll find out. He was there last night in Jerry's joint talking about the thrill, the color, the pageantry, the electricity, the excitement that is uniquely Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, and your Skull Brothers, the Minnesota Vikings. Paul Allen, how are you, sir? Yo! Tony, the uh, the victory last night at AT&T Stadium, man, you know it, uh, it was beautiful, man. Exactly right. Exactly right. Now, were you uh, surprised? We, uh, by the way, we, we, we kind of ran roughshod on the NFC East. We kind of made it our Charlie Biatch this year uh, en route to that 7-3 and three record. We, um, we beat Washington in, in quasi-professional fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were able to sneak by Jerry's team. And uh, we beat the bleep out of your squad uh, and the New York Giants. So uh, on to the Denver Broncos, Mr. Bruno. So did the Vikings officially get the NFC East Championship uh, uh-huh. back up ring, a commemorative uh, you have just won the NFC East in Minnesota, <laughs> hey? That's brilliant. Uh, you know, if, um, if this were a popular HBO show, we would be kings of the East. <laughs> we're kings of the East. <laughs> And you know the interesting thing, Paul, is all the numbers, and we love numbers in this game, all the Kirk Cousins is 1-7 against teams with a winning record, and he hadn't beaten his 1-6 against the Cowboys. And then he goes out there, and he's probably the most criticized guy, even by his own teammates earlier this year, and he goes out there cool and composed. But the bottom line is Mike Zimmer and his staff just completely out-coached the Cowboy coaching staff out of their jock straps last night. I mean, listen. They have a great running back, and Dak Prescott played his ass off. But the Vikings shut down Zeke, and that was the real difference in the game because everything else, the Cowboys did really well. Tony, uh, per usual, you're an elite football mind, and uh, just let me lay it out like this. 
If um if you had called me, let's say Saturday, when I got done with all of my game calling prep for the game, which includes um, a fair amount of coaches' film watching of the uh, Dallas Cowboys, I know you're happy for me. Uh, this this in non-homerific fashion would have been a suggestion for a lead pipe cinch. Now I know the Vikings were only like three-point underdogs here, um, but when when I really went deep diving on Dallas specifically the smallish nature of their defense. Now, it's a very fast defense, and I've never been a big fan of the secondary. Uh, Against specific teams like this, we run incredibly well, and we generally put up a lot of points and and kill the clock. You know, we we do well in time of possession. So I actually, despite Cousins with the the primetime game, Sunday, Monday night terrorism, stuff like that in the record, and – he was one in six lifetime um, against Dallas. Um, I actually thought the Vikings had a really, really good chance to win this game. And, and you know, but then in watching Dak with 15 TDs and eight interceptions, you know, there, there were some things that I saw, Tony, where I was like, what are we doing here? Yet the young man had zero interceptions inside the red zone. Now, being at the game, watching him execute his toil, he, he, he's on the fast track, man, and I got no idea what they're doing down there, not to giving that young man the money he so richly deserves. But uh, the, the Vikings, from the defensive end standpoint, absolutely annihilated Smith and Lyle Collins. And Dak was able to slither away and put Amari Cooper and Randall Cobb on big games. So Dak's the real deal, man. Now, you know, with this three-headed offensive coaching staff we have, and it's all new, Tony, Kevin Stefanski, Philly's finest, St. Yeah. Joe's prep, yeah. uh, went to Penn, played defensive back. Uh, the, the amplification coordinator is Gary Kubiak, been to seven Super Bowls, won Super Bowl 50. That's Stefanski's right-hand man. And Rick Dennison, who's won many Super Bowls, including as a linebacker for the Broncos and um, offensive coordinator or line coach for Kubiak. Uh, this is a brainiac trio, man, that is getting better game by game, and it really showed last night. No, you're absolutely right. Paul Allen, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings. And, you know, they, we look at guys like Mike Zimmer, and a lot of people, ah, he's just a dull guy. And look at him on the sidelines. And, you know, John Gruden, nobody wears his emotion on his face more than John Gruden on every play. You know, there's some coaches, you look at him, doesn't matter what the play I mean, Belichick, you don't know whether his team's up by 50 or down by 50. The guy has the same emotion. And Mike Zimmer's one of those guys. He's not one of those fiery guys on the sideline. And a lot of people are down on this guy. But I'm telling you, man, he's done. To me, this year, with this team, with the problems they had earlier in the year, with the receivers complaining and not being in sync offensively with the passing game, I mean, this team is really, really growing. And you have to say right now is a definite Super Bowl contender in the NFC. Well, a couple of things here, Tony, and I don't want to be too long-winded, but I am a radio guy, so inherently I like to hear myself talk. Well, who does? Uh, first, first on Mike Zimmer. So with, with, with Zimmer, he actually is very fiery. You just don't see a lot of it during the course of the game. And he runs the defense, and he lets that three-headed brainiac monster handle the offense. So the fact that, that he delegates and lets people do what they're compensated to do is a very underrated facet of Mike. Now, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, man, I mean, Zeke's good, and that offensive line is the best in the NFL. Zach Martin is one of the best guards I have ever seen in my life. So, you know, Zeke goes for two and a half a carry, man. A week, Tony, 
we lose Linval Joseph to a knee injury, and he doesn't play in the game. So what does Zimmer and his staff do? They have Jaleel Johnson, third-year Iowa. They have Shamar Stephan, an underrated meat and potatoes, super fundamentally sound defensive tackle. Nobody's heard of Shamar Stephan, but he's really good. And sixth-round rookie Armin Watts from Arkansas, defensive tackle. Tony, he was inactive the first nine games of the season. He had three tackles, got Zeke three times, and, and I think he had half a sack or a full sack. So it just shows you how good Zimmer and his defensive coaching staff can be when it comes to moments like that against that line, against that back. I mean, it was the story of the game. The great Paul Allen. And, you know, people are now on the Twitch stream saying, oh, yeah, go outside and play, you know, out of the dome. And Both the Cowboys and the Vikings play in domes. The Detroit Lions play in domes. So it's not like they go outside. It's a, you give them credit, man. You know, I picked the Cowboys last Whatever. night on my stupid picks because I thought they were the better team and would beat the Vikings at home. But I give the other team credit. The Vikings last night, that was and, – and the Dalvin Cook selection. And I remember because people here in Philly are still mad. The Eagles passed up on Dalvin Cook, as you well remember. And that guy is a stud. I mean, stud with a capital S, man. Well, I'm going to be honest with you, Tony. Um, after deep diving the Cowboys the way I did, I just honestly don't think they're – I don't think they're overall uh, extremely good. I think they're very beatable uh, in a lot of different ways. You know, but uh, from a Philly fan standpoint, I mean, seriously, I'm, I'm, I'm driving over to the Vikings facility for the Zimmer press conference in, in 45 minutes. It's 18 degrees and like nine wind chills. So, I mean, you can go to the Bud Grant card all you want and wear uh, short sleeves outside when it's zero if you want. I don't want that, and I'm 53. So don't call me a millennial, man. I like our building. I like the fact that they play indoors, and if you don't, I don't care. Exactly. I mean, you were there at Metropolitan Stadium, Bloomington, Minnesota, on those frozen nights. Yet the, the, the Minnesota Twins build a stadium to play baseball, and there's no dome on it. I mean, what the hell? What the hell was that all about? Yeah, but I mean, I mean, <laughs> baseball. If baseball in the spring and the summer, and occasionally the fall here, that's spectacular, Tony. This is Minnesota in the winter where it's about to be negative 20. That sucks. So I, mean, I understand the traditional standpoint. Big freaking deal, man. This is 2019. We're I agree, event. man. If it wasn't for that beautiful dome there in Minnesota, I wouldn't have come to be able to come and watch the Eagles win their first Super Bowl in right. your building when it was right. subtropical. It was, it was the Arctic Circle was warmer than that Super now, Bowl now, outside. Tony, Let's get squared away on the quarterback, okay? You're an elite football mind. You've seen him a million times in the NFC. Now, Kirk does have the jittery gene. And a couple of Sundays ago, we saw it at Arrowhead, where, I mean, the it's Arrowhead, man. It's just off the charts. And he, he came up a little nervous early in the game and was misfiring. Then he settled in, three touchdowns, zero picks. Last night, he did not have that jittery gene. And he was cold-blooded. And he was very calculated, and he improvised last night. Now, you go back to when you said, hey, I mean, the public is all over Kirk. Why? Three years, 80-some-odd million guaranteed. I get it. Uh, but you mentioned Diggs and Thielen earlier in the season, specifically after an ugly-ass loss at Soldier Field to the Chicago Bears, where Thielen, after the game, everybody perceived he went after the quarterback. He didn't. He went after the offense saying, we, we, we have to take the governor off this thing, man. 
and I know we're a good running team, but let's start throwing down the field. And he was right. Now, the week we had with Diggs, okay, it, it was a bad week. And it was bad early in the week. Public and media don't know that, but I'm the announcer, Tony, so of course I share it with you. It was bad early in the week, and it got worse Wednesday when he didn't show up for practice. Uh, then it got to be a hardball bit where they basically said, here's the deal. Um, how much do you not want to be here because it's going to run you about 600 some odd grand a week if you're not here? Well, funny, Steph came back. Then he did this weird press conference on Thursday where it was just weird and he made it sound like he didn't want to be here. What, what if the quarterback was watching all this because Kirk's very smart and Kirk's very self-aware? What if the quarterback, Tony, was watching all this going, oh, my God, this guy does not want to be here because of me. And then all of a sudden that was an epiphany for Kirk where not only did he become Offensive Player of the Month for the NFC in October, Steph all of a sudden was catching it seven times a game for 150 and had three TDs to your squad at U.S. Bank Stadium. So that was kind of a sneaky turning point to the season, Tony. And when I look back at it, two words are uh, best used to describe it. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Last thing, and I saw it yesterday, and I know it's in the many stadiums now, is the tradition now of football teams putting the POW uh, chair at, at the 50-yard line with military people marching around and uh, obviously doing the tribute to Veterans Day today. And I saw that clip yeah. yesterday. That's pretty awesome. And that, that's happened now since 2016 there in a lot of stadiums in the NFL, the POW uh, empty seat at, the, at, the, at your stadium there, U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah, that's, you know, the, um, since, since the Wilf family got the team, in, um, back in 2006, I think after the 05 season. Uh, it's been copyright Led Zeppelin. It was good times, bad times out of the gate. The bad times was like early in their ownership run. And we had a running back named Ontario Smith who was busted at the airport with a prosthetic penis called a Wizenator. I have a so Wizenator. I had collected the entire set myself, actually. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you uh, – well, so that's a, bad, that's a bad way for that thing to begin. Subsequently after that, what the Wills have done to recognize situations like POWs, veterans, um, African-Americans, women working in the National Football League, and just everything that goes along with that, they're spectacular. Uh, and, and they provide exactly what you need to field a competitive team. Uh, they are fantastic owners. And, um, and subsequently, you know, the Vikings have been decent to good for, for several years now. And who knows, man, maybe we're going to get lucky this year and, and maybe we'll, we, uh, we'll uh, meet Gang Green, your Philadelphia Eagles, somewhere down the road in the postseason. How about in Miami? Well, they can't well, do that. Can't that would be the Super Bowl. That's an NF- NFC, yeah, it would have to be the it. NFC championship game. And it would probably right. be indoors unless the Eagles really crank it up in the second half. <laughs> well, you um, you you got to get um, you got to get uh, North Dakota's uh, Carson Wentz to lead the way with that. Now, how about that little sneaky um, sneaky swap the Vikings and Eagles made? Uh, the the Eagles cut Andrew Sendejo. Yeah, you guys Vikings. brought him back, and the, he was the impetus. I think Andrew Sendejo coming back last night, even though he didn't play, had to be that no extra ump that you needed to beat the no Dallas doubt. Cowboys. You know what? When the uh, when the Eagles win the rest of their games this season, you can look back at undrafted Wyoming defensive back Marcus Epps, former Viking, and uh, look at him as the catalyst. Marcus Epps, I loved him in all of his movies, and a uh, great actor, and uh, and Wyoming so cowboy. Now, I remember going up to uh, Shara, uh, wow, where do they play up there? Laramie, and watching yeah. him matriculate the football back in the day uh, a couple of years ago. Mar- Marcus Epps on the football field, Bennett. 
Dembo on the basketball court. I mean, you've seen all of his movies, and uh, I have all of your albums. What a beautiful marriage. Beautiful. Paul Allen, ladies and gentlemen. You know, we always play Kevin Harlan play-by-play cuts on radio and TV. Paul Allen, some of the great calls, including ones that people are mentioning right now, the famous Oh No call in 2003. Right. No, 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 right? Yeah, that was awful. I'm sure you liked uh, the the animated uh, scenario I had in the NFC title game when Case Keenum threw a touchdown pass to Kyle Rudolph. We take the lead, we're going to win, and then got our freaking aorta snatched out of our bodies uh, the rest of the game and and, uh, and stomped on. And, hey, you know what even made it better? Is out of that game we got John Filippo, a friend of mine, A, but uh, B, a coordinator who didn't make it a year. So uh, so now we have uh, Kevin Stefanski, St. Joseph's Prep. I know. You always have to have Philly guys up there. You had to you had to bring in Randall Cunningham for a couple of years, and he almost took you to a Super Bowl, and he should have been in the Super Bowl. And then you had to bring in Kevin Stefanski, whose dad was a basketball GM for the Philadelphia 76ers. And all the other guys, the Philly connection in Minnesota is strong. Uh, is, is there anything else we can do for you? I mean, <laughs> gave you, in a basketball game, we gave you Carl Anthony Towns' face. And uh, that was pretty much exactly uh, what was needed to even this thing out. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. My last thing i got to ask you, what's the reaction up there? Because... The Minnesota Timberwolves and 76ers are not what you would call rivals. I mean, they only play each other, what, once a year or twice? How did that become an ugly, heated rivalry between the 76ers in the Eastern Conference and the Minnesota Timberwolves out there in the middle of nowhere, which I love, of course, the great skull country, Minnesota, eh? Well, I'm not, um, I'm not trying to pretend like I'm James Naismith here, and I'm not uh, going to bore your audience. So I'm not going to talk about what a league perception potentially is of Carl Anthony Downs. Uh, Joel Embiid is about the last guy in the world, and that includes the entire universe I want to get into a fight with. Uh, but uh, the bottom line with this whole thing is we just haven't done it right here with this basketball team. I mean, you know, you, you either tank it and do what the process did to get where you are now, or or you win games. And we were somewhere in the middle, man, and we're just kind of like uh, in the middle of the country where it's super cold and it's flyover country and Carl Anthony Towns is offering his face respectfully to the hand of uh, Joel Embiid and the forearm of Ben Simmons. Exactly right. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Paul Allen. The horse racing is done for the year. It's too cold for the horses, right? No, it's never too cold for the horses. But uh, we, we, we were going to race Canterbury Park, where I've called races for 25 years. We were actually going to run through Thanksgiving. Um, until I lost all my money and picked fours in September, and I asked the boss to respectfully close. <laughs> and on that note, i got to put my hands together. Ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the Minnesota legend, the voice of your Minnesota Vikings, Skull Brother, Skull Brother, the See great you, buddy. Paul Allen. Thanks, buddy. There he is, Paul Allen. How great is that, Robin? He is fantastic. It's always great to God, have love friends him. in low places, cold places, high places, hot places, frigid places. One of the best in the business, Paul Allen. And I was happy for the Vikings last night. Now I know people, oh, they're going to go outside, and uh, you know they listen. When they played in Kansas City last week, that was the lock of the year to me. The Chiefs had won. Were they going to lose four consecutive games at home? No, that's why they lost because. Kansas City was in a must-win situation. Now, yesterday, Kansas City got embarrassed because they couldn't stop anybody. So, anyway, that was fun. 
And he does a good job calling the Paul, races you know, at Canterbury Park, Robin. Paul Allen is one of those guys that just makes me laugh. He makes he he's always on. Yes, he is. And he just I don't know what it is about him. Maybe it's just his face. <laughs> it's everything know. about him. He's just a, he's just, it's a guy he's impossible to dislike. Oh no. Because he's really not, good. First of all, he's really good Luigi at what he does. Luigi did not get along with him at all. But that's because Luigi was being a turd at Yes. Because uh, Luigi didn't respect the greatness of Paul <laughs> Allen. And well, Paul Allen you know, because Luigi was still uh, Greenhorn back then. He was. And but that was Luigi's in, second Super Bowl, though, right? Because we took him to Houston the year before, right? No, he did not go to was Houston. Was that his first Super that Bowl his in first Minnesota? Bowl, okay, yes. First Super Bowl. And, so we take him. We're in the Mall a, of America. He doesn't know how it works yet. Right. He's a Greenhorn. And as a Greenhorn, um, if you've seen any Greenhorn shows, no matter whether it's the Deadliest Catch or anything else, you are expected you need to expect that people are going to make fun of you. They're going to rib you. They're going to, you know, they're they're going to try to get a rise out of you. And Paul Allen um definitely tried that and succeeded. You know, people are like picking on Paul Allen because the Vikings lost outside in Chicago, you know, in in, in Green Bay on grass. Because they play in the same division. The Eagles lose to teams in their own division, outside, inside, uptown, downtown. And I'm agreeing. And I'm not a Viking fan. You know that. Now, Big Sexy. I just give respect where respect is due. The Vikings played their asses off last night, and they beat the Cowboys in their own damn building. And Big Sexy 69 says, uh, Paul Allen is a snowflake because football is meant to be played outdoors. You yeah, know, because he's the one who said, let's, be, no, let's, keep, let's play outside in Metropolitan Stadium and not build a beautiful dome which will get us Super Bowls and allow our team to actually play in subarctic conditions yeah. and here's something for the benefit that, of the fan base. If you've never been outside for a length of time trying working out hard, you don't understand. I mean, I've been out in subarctic conditions doing stuff, and it can be dangerous. I mean, you can yes. when, when you're working out and you, your your blood is flowing and it comes closer to the surface, you can get hypothermia fairly easily. And if you there's there's all sorts of factors involved, and you can also get um, uh, frostbite. So I would rather the football. I mean, there's enough dangers in, involved in football without them having to worry about extra and and then the people in the stands sitting out there exactly. they're not moving at all it's dangerous for the fans let alone the the players why do you think they play super bowls in domes or in warm yeah. weather cities yeah it's because it's about the comfort of the fans you know i'm like I, i'm an old school guy i love watching the films of yeah you know the packers and lombardi and this it's I mean, like know, last night the watching, ice bowl and all that other stuff watching the snow coming down yeah it was cold but it, but that's not arctic that's not No, because a lot of people have never been to Minnesota. 20. A lot of people who complain have never been there yeah. outside yeah, in the wintertime. It's painful. I mean, those people up there have it together. It snows every day in the winter, and the roads are clear, and people aren't freaking out, and they don't shut down the schools. So the wimps here in this part of the country who think, oh, my God, you know, we've got cold weather coming in tonight. Those people are like Eskimos in Minnesota. <laughs> I mean, it is absolutely – and Robin and I, and even Luigi – well, he wimped out a lot. He did. We were out doing cold weather things. We wanted to go ice oh, fishing. Oh, we, we did. We, we went to the, we, we were sledding in the snow, and it was it was so cold. And I and I was bundled up, and it was frigid. I mean, dangerous cold. Yeah. But I wanted to be like the local and people. We were I wanted moving. to see the tough people. We were moving, sitting for a two-hour uh, football game, maybe even more longer in a stationary position, and you're not moving in the stands. That is not recommended. 
So I, I think it was a very good idea to have a dome. Well, it is not just because they got a Super Bowl out of it, because I don't believe Minnesota will get another Super Bowl. That's like Detroit's not going to get another. You know, these, these cities like Detroit, Minnesota, who built these new dome stadiums, even Dallas, you know, they get Super Bowls because they build beautiful. Atlanta's got a beautiful right. new building. Atlanta's had multiple Super Bowls, but yeah. I agree. Bearcat now AJ, you're going to yeah. go into L.A., you know, L.A. is going to get Super Bowls because they're going to have that beautiful stadium. Vegas is going to have Super Bowls because they got yep. beautiful st- they got those beautiful stadium being built. And, makes so and so they're going to be in the regular rotation now. And so when you have L.A. with an absolutely state-of-the-art, and it's Los Angeles. And not, we're not even talking about just the stadium. Think about the infrastructure That's around, what I'm talking surrounding about. Yes. it as well. Where if you, like when we were down in uh, Dallas for the Super Bowl and they had a frost or a freeze, uh, unusual hard freeze, the, the entire city shut down. Yeah. So And New York got a Super Bowl a couple of years ago because they owed them one because they wanted to make it New York big. But, the, you know, the, that's giant, that MetLife Stadium's never hosting a Super Bowl again, and New York's the biggest city in the country. Yeah. They threw a bone at them, and they got lucky that there wasn't a blizzard. Yeah, they. I mean, it was literally the blizzard hit two days before, and then we had an unusual melting. Remember they had, I, we, when yeah. we went to Dallas for the Super Bowl, it was the city was iced over for the week. Yeah. Nobody can go anywhere because <laughs> they don't know how to handle ice. Yeah, because the, the – We don't know how to handle ice, and we have salt piles that are 72 stories high yeah, in no, this city. crazy. So I don't – I think, I think a- AJ is correct. The warm weather locations are the only places that should have Super Bowls. Exactly. Now, New Orleans isn't exactly warm. It's not just ha- about enough. the temperature, because it's not it's not tropical in no. January in but New Orleans. Elite, not, but be- it's the entertainment. Right. It's the it's the restaurants. It's it's things that people want to do. They want to go to New Orleans. They want to go to Vegas. They want to go to L.A. Vegas is going to be a regular stop. Oh, Vegas yeah. will have a Super Bowl every four years, yeah. guaranteed, because you got the shows, you've got the casinos, you've got everything, you've it's got a whole everything experience. people want. People right? can bring their families. Well, not to Vegas. Well, you can now. Yeah. I remember when you couldn't bring your family to Vegas. No, people bring <laughs> their families because they have all these children's activities exactly. now. You know, Houston's got a couple of Super Bowls under their belt. They got a dome. I don't know if they'll stay in the mix. Again, I don't make these decisions. But obviously, Arizona has multiple Super Bowls. But the stadium's way the hell out in Glendale. Yeah. And so they have, they're going to have a rotation. But remember, L.A. hasn't had a Super Bowl in a long, long time, Vegas has never had a Super Bowl, and they're not going to put Super Bowls in cities where there's no NFL team. For San Diego had Super Bowls, and they were great places to have a Super Bowl. Right. But once the Chargers moved out of there and their stadium wasn't deemed worthy of hosting because they didn't have enough seats in it and it was an old stadium now, and they weren't going to spend the money. If yes. they build a dedicated stadium in London and the – They don't have to build a dedicated stadium. They have two stadiums that are like – World-class Wembley Stadium okay. and that Tottenham Hotspur Will Stadium. Will they have a Super Bowl there? No, because there's no team in London, Robin. But there's talk about a team going yeah, there. Yeah, but if a team goes and plays at Wembley Stadium, then you watch. But I don't think the NFL can do that. No? You can't ask American citizens to pay thousands. Forget about the price of tickets alone. Now you're talking about airfare to London. You're talking about hotels in one of the most expensive cities in the world. I don't think that's going to happen. Be interesting. It won't happen, Robin. I don't know. I think the NFL would see benefits to it. Who's going to go to uh, London? They're not going to expand another team. And the team that they said that supposedly want to lure there, the, the, the San Diego, Los Angeles, London Chargers, their owner said, screw that. We're not playing in London. Why would you play in London? Seriously. 
The NFL is trying to do what the NBA does is, you know, get become a worldwide exactly. sport. But football, as much as I love it, is not a worldwide sport. It's not. No. Basketball is a worldwide sport. Hockey's more of a worldwide sport than is when NFL did, football. When did basketball become a worldwide sport? In the 70s. I mean, there were teams, the Russians beat the United States in 1972 at the Olympics in basketball. But, when did, but it's really exploded over the last 30 years. Yeah, because I, I mean, can China, remember. Japan, Turkey, all the European countries, everybody plays basketball. Every country pretty much on earth plays basketball. And some of the greatest players are from France, Argentina. I mean, you look around. Look at the league. The league is an, an absolutely UN of great players. In and fact, how did, how some of the best become... players in the NBA aren't even American anymore. They're from European countries and all over the world. Was it just a natural thing, or was it a concerted effort to push basketball No, I think what here's the thing about basketball and soccer, why they're why they're so huge around the world. You don't need to spend a million dollars in equipment to play basketball. Right. You can go to a playground here and get a couple. You can go by yourself to a playground, get a basketball, stand there, dribble, and shoot free throws, take jump shots. If you have somebody with you, you can play. Mm-hmm. Basketball is a simple game that can be played on the streets of the most impoverished countries on earth. There's people who are playing soccer in the streets, running over rats and tin cans. Same thing with basketball. All you need is a court and a couple guys to play. That's why in the impoverished countries, and obviously in the well-to-do countries, basketball is an easy sport to pick up at a young age. You don't need a lot of people. You don't need to go out and spend $400 for Air Jordans or LeBrons. You just need a pair of sneakers, a a ball, and and a couple of hoops, and a bunch of kids. And also, there is an idea that it's a way out for somebody. If they become really, really good, they can then get out of wherever they are. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's why I think basketball and soccer are the two biggest sports in the world right now because of access to it. You don't have to have a lot of rich people. You, like golf is expensive. You've got to buy clubs. You've got to be in a country club. You got, when, there's, when the sports are prohibitive to the majority of people, anybody can go out and play basketball. Anybody can go out and, and play soccer. Their kids play soccer. I'm not saying they can be good at it. But you don't need pads to play, to, to play the basics of football. Yes, American you do. Football. Yes, you do. Unless you're playing like in the schoolyard, but nobody plays that except jerk offs who want to goof off and pretend they're important players, like I used to do. Hey, Jergensen the McDonald, and I'd run down the street and I'd be Tommy McDonald, and whoever the quarterback was would be Sonny Jergensen, and he'd throw me the ball and I'd catch it and spike it back before spiking was cool. We didn't pose and do selfies though back then because nobody had a phone, let alone a camera. You know what I'm saying? Not even a Polaroid. Exactly. Well, we had Polaroids, but, but that was usually for, for – Yeah, uh, but they were huge, and you didn't carry them around in your pocket. <laughs> you know, uh, people are still talking about Paul Allen and the Vikings. I just want to get back really, really quick. We actually have uh, a photograph of this POW missing in action seat, um, and you saw it regarding the Vikings stadium, U.S. Bank Stadium, but I, when I was doing research about it, I saw that there are several other stadiums. The Indianapolis Colts do it, um, and there's a couple others as well. With the POW where seat, Where they have yes. a POW seat. But I believe uh, the Vikings are the only ones that have given up a dedicated seat that could have gone to a fan. A right. fan. Absolutely, um, no. It's right it's there. It's tremendous work. Um, other stadiums, like the Colts, they have this special seat up high. Nobody would be sitting there anyway. It's just sort of like a a... a a symbol but um it is so incredibly powerful and during the game and this is one i'd hoped you were going to and by the way sub club thug checking in and listening to your takes about needing pads to play two-hand touch and now ripping the show 
dude, Robin said you don't need pads. You don't need pads to play two-hand touch. In fact, in the NFL, you don't need pads anymore because you can't touch anybody. So they may as well go to no pads. But anyway, the point is basketball and football, basketball and soccer are the two universal sports because they require the least amount of equipment to play. Right. End of story. That's true. You can go out on a a war-torn battlefield in the middle of Iran and play soccer. You could play it on a grass field. You could play it on asphalt. You could play it anywhere. Same thing with basketball. Playgrounds are everywhere. You don't even have to have, like, a net on the rim. You go to a lot. When I grew up here, we didn't have nets on rims. Mm-mm. We'd go into a schoolyard. There'd be glass broken. There'd be a bent rim. And you go out and you play. So that's why those two sports are the biggest sports in the world. Oh, yeah. Thank you, very much. Thank you Gladney, North Carolina. Jesus. Um, so getting back to the, the POW one of the things that I'd hoped you were going to ask Paul Allen was that you had we probably also, we talked to him for 15 minutes. I know, but you were one of the reasons why we got him on was to ask him about the um, the guard, whether they they stand there 24 seven. And I have not been able to use. I don't you, know, Robin. Again, Paul Allen, I'm sure, you know, he knows everything about Minnesota. He's right. been there forever. I don't think he knows like how many, you know, the, whether they do what they do at Arlington with the Tomb of the Unknowns, whether they. Do it 24-7, just do it on Sundays when the Vikings play. I don't know, Robin, and, and we can find that out. But meanwhile, I got the week. Wait, Speaking I just of, wanted to show everybody the seat. Hold on, because we were talking hey, about it. You they had showed it, it on, 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 on during one of the games yesterday. Well, not That's how I it. saw it. So here it is. Um, this is at the Viking Stadium, U.S. Bank, and this is the it's, – it's black with the POWMIA um, symbol on there, and during the game – there is a National Guard that... No, they're ROTC. They're ROTC members. Actually, no. I well, read the Well, that's the story I saw. Uh, it is a National Guard that comes over and guards the seat. Correct. In, yeah. There's also ROTC members who use it in different stadiums. I don't know what every stadium does, Robin. We're making a big deal of this. I think it's a nice touch. I think nowadays when everybody's trying to sell one... I mean, the NBA, where the players used to sit... They sit on the floor now. They, they sell those courtside seats for fans because they know they can make a lot of money selling those seats. And football stadiums at 50-yard at lines on a great seat, they could sell that as a season ticket. But I give them credit for, for go, foregoing the extra money they could make to pay tribute to the POWs who are still out there from wars gone. They, in fact, they actually just found a submarine off the coast of Japan a submarine that had been missing since World War II, wow. and the remains, obviously, of one family. They didn't know whether he was there, whether they would ever find the ship. They did in South, so they know now that family that lost that service person on that submarine. Well, wouldn't there be more than one person? But no, in but the, the one, the one they couldn't find, the missing one. There was one missing, never accounted for. Oh, wow. And now that they found the submarine, they now can put to rest, and that family can now rest, knowing that their loved one has been found. Again, I, don't, I didn't see the entire story because I haven't had a lot of time to, to research every story. But I want to look at that because I saw that today about the submarine that was found off the coast of Okinawa. And we'll look that up and we'll talk about it tomorrow. Probably. Bearcat AJ says, I saw the empty POW chair at Lucas Oil Stadium after the National Anthem. Yeah, and they've done it all around the league, and I give credit. And, and I, I think it's a you know, I know thing. a lot of people, well, the NFL is paying the military. The military is paying the NFL to promote this salute to service. Are they paying the uh, tributes to the, the fight against cancer, too? 
This is how you promote good things. Service people are not pawns. They decide to enlist to serve the country. If you don't want to serve the country, you don't want to be in the military, nobody is forcing you to. So please, enough with your anti-American globalist bullshit. The United States military is the greatest operation on earth. And I'm glad that we're moving away from being the world's police and we'll only use our military when we need it to protect us. we got to get away from Vietnams and the Afghanistans of the world where we're sending people to die for no reason. No reason at all that has an impact on how we live in this country. Yeah. None. I mean, it's, it's tough because you... Uh... Just real quick, it's really hard going over to countries where there's conflicts that have been going on for thousands of years, and we think that our military is going to be able to different make a difference. We can't. Un- unfortunately, as horrible as it is, the things that they do to each other, um, even if we get a temporary hold on certain factions, it's as soon as we leave, it's going to start all over again. So it's 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 horrible to see though, because now we're more aware of what's going on over there. Exactly. And I got to rip the University of Virginia. I know they're good at basketball, and I love the state of Virginia. Been down there, love Chincoteague, Assateague, and all the great places. Virginia. It used to be for lovers, but now it's for panty waist wimp jerk offs. Notably, a man named Jim Ryan. Jim Ryan is the president of the University of Virginia, and today he is my most despicable human being on the planet. Congratulations, Virginia. The only reason you continue to exist is because government employees now overrun your state. And when you work for the government and you move in a nearby Washington, D.C. metroplex area and you pretty much owe your entire existence to taking a check from the government, you're going to become an absolute scumbag, just like the University of Virginia. I call this one the F-U-V-A, not U-V-A which is what the University of Virginia initials are, Robin. I'm calling them today F-U-V-A because of what this scumbag piece of human excrement Jim Ryan has done on his campus today on this Veterans Day 2019. Do we have it, Robin? Give me a second because uh, the website was blocked. Why would they block? Maybe the University of Virginia has that kind of power. I know they're good in basketball and they won a national championship. And I'm not blaming the kids. I'm not blaming the students. I'm blaming the administration and one man in particular. Jim Ryan, you are a disgrace to America. You are a disgrace to humanity. You should be run the hell out. And maybe you should try something else instead of running a university. Maybe you should try becoming a, uh, you know, a, a, a wet nurse. Maybe you should go clean out diapers or something that would be more suitable to your, your skill set. Instead of running a university like a wimp, you are a piece of human excrement, Jim Ryan. And I hope everybody in Virginia listening understands what kind of a gutless douchebag you really are. We have the tape. Coming, hang on. Almost there. And we have to, we have to play this, Robin. We must play this. Yep, 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 yep. Because this is the kind of stuff that is making this country stupid again. When we've got these kinds of knee-jerk, slap-dick, F-U-V-A bastards. He's a bastard. 
I can't think of any words I can say on the show that would really, really express my out- outrage at the morons at the University of Virginia. Pieces of human dung. Can we go to the tape now, Robin? I can't call I them pieces trying, of shit Tony. as many times as I can. Part of the annual Veterans Day ceremony held on grounds. NBC 29's Henry Graff is live here in studio with details on that. Hi, Henry. Casey, good evening. The University of Virginia will still hold a Veterans Day ceremony, but it will no longer include a 21-gun salute. It is a decision UVA leaders said today they're not going to change. The University of Virginia is stopping a long-honored tradition during its Veterans Day ceremony. This year, you will not hear that 21-gun salute. One is that it would be disruptive to classes, and two, unfortunately, with gun violence in the U.S., there was some concern that we would cause some panic if someone heard gunshots on grounds. The UVA provost's office, in conjunction with the colonel of UVA's ROTC program, made the decision. Veterans Day celebrates all who serve and served in our nation's military. The ceremony on grounds, which marks the conclusion of a 24-hour vigil by ROTC cadets, included the 21-gun salute for more than a decade. I am very disillusioned, very upset, and very surprised that they would make such a decision. Veterans like Jay Levine are concerned with the decision. Levine went through the ROTC program at UVA and says the 21-gun salute is the ultimate salute to those who have served and passed away. Freedom isn't free. There's a cost, and that cost is borne by the veterans and the families of those veterans. Levine says he will write an email to UVA about his concerns, but he hopes taking it all in a more public setting like this will help fire up more veterans to take action and be heard. Whatever UVA gets in funding, if they do, it should be shut down today until Jim Ryan is run out as the absolute panty waste running the University of Virginia. Anybody who went to Virginia, anybody who's thinking of going to the University of Virginia should rethink it until this absolute scum dog, piece of shit, is run out. Can you imagine that, Robin? Can you imagine being that much of a pussy that you would think that a 21-gun salute, which is the most revered and whenever we go to Arlington. And it's not like they can't notify the students. Exactly. By the way, it's Veterans Day. Hey, I know you kids got your dope. I know you're playing Fortnite and masturbating in the dorm rooms on your day off here at the University of Virginia. But maybe you pussies can put down your little your Twitch stream, stop watching Ninja, and stop playing uh, eSports for a couple of minutes when we do a 21-gun salute to honor our veterans on Veterans Day. You pansies, you Well, then I, I don't think it's the students. No, he's worried about the students no, being triggered. I oh, know, my God, they hear, gun tw- they hear 21 gun salute, and all of a sudden, you know what we hear in Philadelphia every night? We hear a 1,000 gun salute. Every night in Philadelphia, there are gunshots in every goddamn neighborhood, and now all of a sudden, now that the election's over, there's a story on the local news by CBS3 a network that fired a person that called out the biggest cover-up of a scandal in media history. Now, all of a sudden, that their boy Jim Kenney has been reelected, they're reporting on stories that families in Philadelphia are now demanding answers to why there's no one arrested when their loved ones are being slaughtered on the streets of Philadelphia every night. 
Is Mayor Kenny concerned about gunshots ringing out through the neighborhoods? Those aren't 21 gum salutes, Jim Kenny. Those are people being shot. And you know why they're being shot every night in this city? Because you and your corrupt district attorney, Larry Krasner, have basically allowed this city to become an unlawful shooting range. Because criminals know that their illegal guns don't matter. That their lives don't matter. Because you don't want to arrest people. You don't want to hold anyone accountable. You allow this to happen because people don't want to come forward knowing who the scumbags are that have guns that are shooting one another every night in every neighborhood. This isn't restricted to just some one neighborhood. This is rampant in the city. And the fact that Jim Kenney, the mayor of this city, remains silent, and the fact that the district attorney, Larry Krasner, who was a corrupt Soros stooge, whose job it is is to release people from prison, not people who got caught with a dime bag. He's releasing hardened criminals onto our streets. He's releasing murderers by lowering charges on someone who stabbed someone on a city street and then got walked away scot-free. Who even talked about doing it ahead of time. Exactly. So but that's the problem. That's not you, wanna, you worry about 21-gun salutes for military heroes, but you don't worry about people being shot as every hour in this city there's another random mass shooting. It's amazing how mass shootings only matter in one place. But they don't matter when three or four or five people being, are being shot in different locations every night in this city. This is what angers me. Listen, I'm all about gun control, but nobody's controlling any guns in this city. The people who have guns in this city, they, they can't use the line, the bullshit lies like they do in, in Chicago. Well, you know, the reason why there's so many gun crimes in Chicago is because they just go to neighboring Indiana and buy their guns there and come over. What's the excuse here? New Jersey has unbelievably tough gun laws. Philadelphia has unbelievably tough gun laws, and uh, New York has unbelievably tough gun laws. So how are all these 16, 12, 13, 14-year-old kids all having guns in this city? Pretty much every kid walking down the street now has a gun. How are you going to stop that, Jim? How are you going to stop kids, 12 and 13-year-olds? You're going to go confiscate their guns? You're afraid to confiscate their guns. You don't even allow the police to do their jobs. It's an absolute joke. There's a story today on CBS3. I just saw it, and it makes me even more angry as I see this pussy down at the University of Virginia worried about triggering kids on campus on an off day with a 21-gun salute. It's not like they're firing guns all the time. It's going to be a one-time ceremony. Right. When you and I go to Arlington, one of the things that gets to me every single time is when we go and watch the changing of the guard at Arlington National Cemetery. And we've been lucky the few times that we've been there over the last couple of years. We've been there probably five or six times over the last couple of years, visiting my son AJ and and Sarah down there, taking our relatives from Italy, Mm -hmm. taking various people who come to town, Jackie and Johnny from California who went to Washington because it's an amazing city, despite the political dirtbags that live there and destroy this country from within. Arlington Cemetery is one of those bucket list items and we were there and when they do not just the changing of the guard which is incredible just to watch but when they do a military salute when they bring in vietnam veterans or other military people who happen to be there who are are paying tribute to someone and they put the wreath up there on the tomb of the unknowns it's powerful and they bring out and do play taps and then do a 21 gun salute you think people are complaining about the pageantry and what that does when you watch it when you've been handed a flag with the spent shells 
losing a military member of your family? You think that's going to trigger people while your cities are being shot up on a nightly basis and you don't care about it? Jim Ryan and Jim Kenny, despicable, gutless criminals who should be cuffed and thrown into a slammer. Jim Kenny and Larry Krasner should be let off in chains, not just handcuffs behind their backs. They should be, their ankles should be chained, and they should be forced to walk down Broad Street in cuffs, put into a federal penitentiary, and brought off as complicit criminals who are doing nothing to stop the rampant gun violence in this city. They should be walking down Broad Street and have people just absolutely pissing on them. And all these people get a great point by play action for real. In Arizona, everybody's upset when they see somebody walking around an open carry. You know what doesn't happen in Arizona with those people walking around with open carries? They're not going into stores and shooting it up. They have a legal right to carry, and people hate that. I, well, the first time I saw it in Arizona, I was like, wow, that's weird. A guy's just walking into a grocery store with a, with a holster. You notice what's happening? Those guys walking into grocery stores with holsters aren't holding it up, and they're not shooting it up. But those people are the bad people, the people that are exercising their rights as a Second Amendment person. Jim Kenney is an absolute disgrace to this city, the worst mayor, and I've been around a long time. Jim Kenney is without a doubt the most corrupt, ignorant, pandering loser in this city's history. And that's talking about a lot of pathetic losers. A lot of them. And by the way, this isn't my attempt to try to run for office. Because I know a lot of people, they go on tirades, and then a couple months later they announce they're running for an office. I have no desire to run for any political office. I wouldn't want to be mayor of Philadelphia because I'm not corrupt enough and on the take enough to have to do what I have to do to become a politician in this city. You have to be owned by people. And I'm not owned by anybody, which is why I'm doing this show. Again, this morning, Boy 11 was shot on Monday in Philadelphia's Overbrook neighborhood. An 11-year-old in West Philadelphia was shot and rushed to Children's Hospital this morning. How many kids in the single age groups, it was a 10-year-old kid shot going home from school last week. And now all of a sudden, it's a daily occurrence. And the fact that people aren't, people protest everything in this country. There has not been one protest at City Hall demanding that Jim Kenney get out of his big, fat office dancing with his slug girlfriend, stupid hack, witch, sanctuary bitch, dancing in his office. He should be marched right out. And, de- and people should demand that this son of a bitch answers to why the city is lawless and why no one is being held accountable for the daily shootings and even in broad daylight. Kids coming home from school are getting shot. 10 and 11-year-olds. What are you doing about that, Jim Kenny? Worthless piece of shit. Absolute disgrace to this city. The fact that this guy is not in cuffs. The fact that this guy and Larry Krasner are not being thrown into a paddy wagon. The fact that the feds in this town, and that's what it's going to take, because the local corrupt other people, the councilmen and the, and the, and the, uh, the elective representatives, the Congress people in this town, they're all corrupt. They're all corrupt. They're in the same cabal of corrupt Washington, D.C. puppets, DNC puppets. 
from the DNC puppet master's offices up at Comcast's two towers. They're pulling the strings in the city. They're pulling the strings for Jim Kenney, for Tom Wolf, and for every corrupt representative, U.S. representative in Congress and state legislator in this town who are all corrupt and complicit in the lawlessness that's been allowed to run amok in this city. Uh, Tony, we have breaking news. Somebody else get shot in the last five minutes while we were talking here? No. Um, I, apparently, Don Cherry. Yes, I know the story, Robin. Right. I'm not going to get into no, that. No, I'm not going to get it, but, but apparently he was fired. Well, good. You know what? There was enough outrage. I don't. I, he said something stupid about it. I don't know what he said. I didn't see it. But he went on a tirade the other night about something about Canadians. Yeah, he was saying something. He went on a tirade about and calling out the people that were not wearing poppies. Um. You know, here's what's the interesting thing about it. I don't know what I didn't see what he said, and he got fired. Probably deserved to get fired. Because nowadays, you know, I remember when watching Don Cherry on Hockey Night in Canada was cool because he was outspoken. Don Cherry was always outspoken. He wasn't PC. And back 10, 15 years ago, that was okay. But now, if you're outspoken, and obviously you work for the CBC, and you work for the Canadian Broadcasting Company, and you work for TSN, and you work for a big company, and you got a couple of people complain, a couple of thousand people complain, you're in trouble. And so Don Cherry is the victim of being around at the wrong time. Luckily, he had a legendary career as a coach and an analyst. And so they ran him out of there because he had the balls to be outspoken and say something. Well, as you, I don't when know we what were, he said. When and we I'm were not in Arlington uh, Cemetery last time, they were giving away poppies that you uh, because poppies are a flower of remembrance for veterans. For anybody that died in military, okay. then you did. Again, I didn't, right, I'm not defending right? it. I'm not condoning it. And I so saw he that was, the other guy that works with him, Ron, whatever, McLean, mm-hmm. uh, came out. The, even though he didn't say anything while this tirade was going on, Ron McLean, of course, wanting to save his ass and his job, then came out the next day and said, yeah, you know, I should have said something to, to Don Cherry. Let's be honest. Ron McLean does a nice job. Don Cherry is the guy that carries the show. And so now Ron McLean covering his ass. Now we'll say, oh, you know, Don Cherry, uh, I love the guy, but he was wrong. Time to get him out. Here, of here. Let, me, let me read you what he said. He said, um, so this was just before playing um, his taped poppy appeal. He was standing next to his great uncle, Sergeant Thomas William McKenzie's grave in France. And Cherry said, you people love that come here, whatever it is. You love our way of life. You love our milk and honey. At least you can pay a couple of bucks for a poppy or something like that. These guys paid for your way of life that you enjoy in Canada. These guys paid the biggest price. And that was a reason to get fired? Again, I'm not going to defend people who say controversial things. But we live in a different world now. We live in a different world where if you work for a big corporation, whether it's the United States or Canada, two free countries, you're going to get buried. And there's always that fringe out there the fringe element who will find something wrong in anything anyone says. And it's the get you squad. It's the PC culture. It's the cancel culture. It's everything's offensive. And if a person says something that offends me, and I'm only one person, the other 99 people who didn't find it started with the Christmas stuff years ago. One person didn't like a Christmas tree in a public square, and the one person would bitch, and then the panty waste who ran the city would kowtow to one person who didn't like the Christmas tree while 99 other people didn't care, and so you got to placate that one person. 
That's what's happening in the world today. Hey, Tony, since yeah. we haven't done it in quite a while, shall we go to Florida really quick? On a, and Anything it, good happened in Florida while we were in Florida? Well, this, this kind of actually uh, is uh, right up your alley, so to speak. Let's go down right to now. Florida, Robin. I don't want to leave it all on the table. We got back at 6 o'clock tonight, 6 to 8, live countdown to kick off with a big Monday night game. This is a huge game. Maybe the best Monday night game, and who knows how long. I'm trying to remember the last time they had a game of this magnitude. Probably last year, but certainly not this year. There have been some good games, but on paper, this could be the biggest matchup of the weekend because you got the only undefeated team, the Los Angeles – well, not the Los Angeles Rams. They're 5-4. and four. You're San Francisco 49ers without George Kittle tonight taking on the Seattle Seahawks on Monday night football. But let's go down to Florida, Robin. I could use some warm air. It's going to be cold tonight. Got to crank up the heat. But it's still nice in Florida, at least in some places. Down to Florida. We welcome you to the Sunshine State. They're kicking back and soaking up the rays every day in Florida. Ah, yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Dateline. Miami, Miami, Florida. Yeah, yeah it's Miami. Yes. Miami what? Miami, Florida. Miami Gardens, like, Miami Beach. I was trying Beach. to see which hospital this was oh. at, but it doesn't say. It just says Florida Hospital, but I'm, I think it's Miami. Um, a 46-year-old man went in for a pain in his ass. You mean just like me? Yeah, kind of like you, Tony. I went in six times in one month, though. Is he going to top that? Uh, <laughs> yes, I do believe he did top it, Tony Bruno. Because he didn't have anything natural, you know, that happens naturally. He actually uh, had something shoved up inside of his rectum so far damn near so rectum. deep. It did damn near rectum. rectum. Uh, he arrived with a life-threatening septic shock because of the bacteria which got his, his bloodstream through the injury. Wait, so you're comparing what he did to what well, happened to me? No, I'm oh, just okay. saying that it's in the, it was in the same general area, but it was totally different because this guy had a 12-inch screwdriver oh. stuck up his ass. And a CT scan performed. You really have. I saw this story the other day. You really have to bring that kind of painful memory back. I didn't have a no, screwdriver wait, wait, wait. in there. I, I, I mean, just want to. I just want to. I could have had a Gatling gun stuck in there. That's how much it hurt. Tony, I just wanted to put things in perspective for you because I know that you've been in a lot of pain, but maybe this will feel better, make you feel better, so that it's not. You know that it's not quite as bad because. Are you sure this isn't in Miami of Ohio? The, no, the after surgery, the unidentified man needed surgery to cut away rotting flesh Arr! from the inside of his buttock after it became infected. <laughs> he survived the surgery, but it is believed that it is the first reported of its kind. It is not clear. How the hell did the guy get a screwdriver up his ass? Which end of the screwdriver was inserted first? Um, and it is also unclear who or why the screwdriver was inserted in the first place. But he has since needed treatment for psychiatric disorder. Well, I, let, me, let me just let's say to say that he didn't swallow it. Because, yes. you know, other people have been swallowing oh, yeah, things yeah, and they would find them in their it. stomachs. This guy, was it ball, Was it a Phillips head, flat head? Was it a number three Phillips? Well, here's, here's the, uh, you can see the CT scans. Um, Is it an X-ray or a CT? That's an X-ray. X-ray. Or is that MRI? I don't know. Is that what happened to uh, 
I just think it's funny. It's the little the the, the annals of medicine and surgery. The annals. It is the annals. In the annals of uh, medicine and rectal surgery. history, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. But look, I mean, I think I think that might be a flathead, and it's bent. It's a bent flathead. Oh man. I suspect that this is not something he did to himself. Are you right? sure Deshaun Jackson didn't have that same injury when he finally got it removed <laughs> last week? Oh my God. <laughs> so. Putting things into perspective, Tony, you are fine. You are just per peachy compared to this poor guy. So what is the lesson learned today, Tony Bruno? Don't put the flat objects, round objects, long objects, small objects, living animals, gerbils, pets, uh, sewing machines, toasters. Let's, uh, just, let's just not put up anything up your ass, but... Just... I don't even like actual things that are need to be put in my ass in my ass. Like when you get a colonoscopy, they have to put that tube in there. I don't like having prostate uh, biopsies where they have to go in that way. I don't like having anything done down there, including two surgeries, which I had to have done, not because I put something in there that wasn't supposed to be in there. Because as someone once said, a wise man told me many years ago, Robin, that's the exit, not the entrance. Tony? Uh... Exit only, it should say on the sign. I have... <laughs> I, I apologize already ahead of time, folks, but this is part of the news story. Here is the tray with the removed screwdriver. No, we have the, uh, Oh, no, <laughs> Robin, really? So is there a TV? Was this on a TV show like no, Dr. Pimple no. Popper goes really uh, oh off, the, off the charts? Oh, my God. I just, I don't even know what to say. But I'm I'm sorry. I just apologize, but it is the, I am, I am. Trying to be a journalist here, and I'm giving you the You're entire story. You're not a journalist, story. Robin. Don't try to be a journalist. No, I, that was Why the entire Why don't you be story. like everybody who else who claims to be a journalist? You no, know, I think we have opinion. that same screwdriver in the back. Uh, what kind the is it? A craftsman? Is it a husky? No, I think it's like. If a it's cheap. a husky, that really had to hurt because those things are really husky. They're thicker. You know, thicker isn't better, Robin. No. Oh, <laughs> good God Almighty! What's the backstory on this? <laughs> you know, now I'm starting to hurt even more. Just, just the idea. It's three of it. o'clock, and my butt is now absolutely burning with pain. Robin, thank you very much for doing that story today. I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you didn't do it at the beginning of the show, and you waited till the end. I'm just reading some of it. I, I guess there is some kind of a mental disorder where people stick things in their bodies. They're, they're, yeah, it's called bath salts. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm saying that it, it is a mental disorder, that they stick things in places that they don't belong, it's, and they it's all sorts of strange things. I mean, when we went to the Mütter Museum, mm-hmm. there were uh, They didn't have any uh, anal. Uh, yeah, they, they had the world's people. biggest. They had the world's no, they had biggest. This, they had a huge, huge, huge display of things that were removed from people. One man's colon. They had the world's yeah. biggest colon in there. Well, that was something weird. But they also they cut had, it in half and like, made it a semicolon, like, and then they moved it to another museum so they would have another one of these samples out there. Anyway, don't do that, folks. There's a reason why. Damn, damn, damn. On that note, we are at 3.01. We do have to end an hour early because we do have to make a drive out to the landmark Americana. And if you're a veteran, again, active duty veteran, retired veteran, we're going to buy you dinner tonight at Landmark Americana as our gratitude. From 6 to 8, the great Joe Krause and the whole gang will be there. John McMullen, NFL insider, will talk about football, Eagles bye week, and what's going to happen. 
all around the National Football League. We also will have uh, the great Temple University great. Excited about the Owls' big yes. win. That's Colin Thompson. Colin Thompson from Temple University. And, of course, future member of your Tampa Bay, what's the name of the team? Vipers. There? The Vipers down there in the uh, XFL starting in January. And it'll be a lot of fun. We'll preview the Monday night game. And Mr. Monday night, who's on a roll now with two in a row, even though he is sucking it up on Sundays, stinking more than a man's screwdriver that was surgically removed from his deep, deep inside his rectum. And that'll do it, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Did you lose your train of thought? Yeah, because you, you <laughs> yeah, my train of thought now is it actually hurts more now. It's sort of like I'm the, sorry. Uh, what's I'm the sorry effect I when you take, it. it's a placebo effect. I am now thinking that there's a screwdriver inside my rectum. I swear, Tony, I, me hurt I did not stick anything up your ass. I promise you. <laughs> they did, and they did, they did all sorts of uh, scoping down there and they, there's nothing else up there. They didn't forget anything. You're good. You're good to go. Not yet. Anyway, don't drink and drive out there. Thanks, everybody, for checking in today. All of our new subscribers, our followers, don't forget to follow the show. Tell your friends. We're here every day, 1 to 4 normally, except on Mondays and Thursdays, where we do the two shows, 1 to 3 Eastern time and then 6 to 8. In the meantime, don't drink and drive. Don't text and drive. Thank a veteran today, and God bless America. Still the greatest country on earth. Thank you for listening to the Tony Bruno Show on Bruno Nation Live. Don't forget to subscribe on the Twitch mobile app so you don't miss any of Bruno Nation's hilarity and hijinks because it is definitely must-watch radio. Of course, you can catch the archived audio on your favorite podcast app like Spreaker or iTunes. Plus, if you subscribe via Twitch, you can watch any of our archived videos. We hope to see you back here every Monday through Friday. See you soon. Yeah.